0: You have a Bible this morning we are going to read one verse of scripture from John fourteen if you don't have a Bible it'll be on the <laughs> it'll be on the screen behind me from John's Gospel chapter fourteen Amen peace I leave with you my peace I give unto you Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Would you read that out loud with me, everybody in concert together? Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. I'm going to preach your talk this morning for a few minutes. The world didn't give it to me. And the world can't take it away. Not as the world gives. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. The world didn't give it to me, Brother Carlos. And the world can't take it away. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy today, for your goodness, your loving kindness, the hand of God that's working in this house, in this room, and in these hearts. We're grateful for it, God, today. Thankful for the preparation of the soul. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Bless and keep and save and help us to leave here better than we came in the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray. God bless you. Look at somebody and say, the world didn't give it to me. God bless you. You If you have a job that would qualify as being good today, something you enjoy doing, a home, a vehicle that you like, if you have your health about you, if you got up today and enjoyed the beauty of a gorgeous sunrise, if you took a deep breath of fresh air, you may have thought, There's just sometimes I want to say life is good. And yes, there are times life isn't quite as pleasurable, but in this moment, I want to just say it again, sometimes life is good. But why do we think the world or the system of the world has anything to do with what I'm feeling or where I'm living today Because when I think about my life B.C. Before the Lord Jesus Christ I can't think of very many things and that were there that left me with a positive taste in my mouth a good taste in my mouth the Experiences the lessons I learned the dead-end streets the routine of nothing I'm here to tell you the world didn't give me very much. That is good I don't know if you agree with me or not, but when I think about my life before I really, truly got the Lord in my world, the word empty best describes how I often felt. Empty. Looking for something else describes the way I frequently felt. And the world has an invisible warning label. Most people don't take the time to read it because they're trying to hide it from us. It warns us of the side effects of being worldly. In some causes of life, it's a, it's a badge of honor to be worldly, to know things, to have knowledge that goes beyond small circles of life. But I'm here to tell you that small print doesn't tell you that being worldly brings pain, and it brings addiction, and it brings remorse and it brings fear, and it brings regret, and it brings anxiety, and it brings depression, and it brings heartbreak, and it brings loneliness, and on and on and on. Be warned, be warned, being worldly causes side effects. But that's enough of that. I want to talk about good things today. Good things that I have found or I have discovered in my life since I've been born again of the water and of the spirit. John 3 and verse number 5. You don't get these things until you repent of your sins. You won't have this. Luke, or Luke 13, 3 and 5. Except you repent, you'll all likewise Perish. Scriptures like that until you genuinely found the fullness of New Testament salvation. Repentance, water baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Acts 2:38, 8:16, 10:48, 19, 5, Romans 6:1 through 6. It's there. It's there. And the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance, not as the world or the church world teaches you how to do, but as the Spirit gives the utterance. <laughs> uh, that's being born of water and of the Spirit. Those things, or these things that I'm about to describe, I recognize appeared in my life when I avoided worldliness and invited the kingdom of God into my heart. Brother and sister, this world is not your home. <clears throat> you are only a temporary resident here. It's going to be like this, and all of a sudden, more, the most of your days will be in the rearview mirror. The apostle Paul told me in Philippians 4.8 to think about these things. I'm talking about things, things of God that don't leave a hangover in your life. Things that don't leave destruction in your wake. Yeah. Things that don't need to be covered with a lie. Yeah. Oh, see, did I tell them this, so do I need to, I need to alter that because I lied about this? Yeah. The tears that you experience in the kingdom of God are not tears of sorrow and suffering, but tears of joy. Solomon wrote it in his book of Proverbs, chapter 10, verse 22. He said, The blessing of the Lord it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. I'm talking about things that you got when you finally got close enough to the Lord Jesus that the world started meaning nothing to you anymore. Let me give you four things. Four blessings that are no doubt evident in your life. If you have been born again of the water and spirit, no doubt about it. Number one, the people of God. The people of God. I didn't have the people of God before I came into the kingdom of God. I had worldly friends. I had people out there that I still believe today love me honorably. My best friend in the world installed this ductwork, put those furnaces in out there. Lives in Arizona. I went to high school. Went to junior high school with him. Played on the same football teams, the same baseball teams. I know his mom, his dad has gone, has passed away. I know his brothers just as good as I know you. Not in the church like this church here today. But loves the Lord. Serving the Lord. Loves the truth. God baptized him in Jesus' name at Life Church in the tank. Received the gift of the Holy Ghost. I'm just trying to say, I had friends before I got this experience. But when you get brothers and sisters after this experience, it's a whole new level of classification of people that you bring into your life. A whole new classification of friends, mentors, elders, shepherds, trusted loved ones, prayer partners. I didn't have any of that in the world. I had none of that out there. I had friends out there that when I loaned them, something it always came back broken or empty. I'm sure I loaned that truck to you full of gas. Yeah, I know I'm a little short right now, Ron. The world doesn't care. There's no compass there like there is when you come into the kingdom of God. The writer put it this way in Psalm 133, verse 1, behold how good. And how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. My dad used to tell me, and whether you accept this advice or not, it's something I've held to. Beware when people in the world mean more to you than your brothers and sisters in the same seats coming to church day in and day out. Doesn't mean I've abandoned my buddies. I love them today. But it's different now. It's brand new today. It's altogether unique. unique. The Apostle Paul said in 2 Timothy 4, verse 11, he put a value upon the brothers. He put a value there. He's profitable, he said to me. And Hebrews ten twenty five said to forsake not the assembling of ourselves. That word's plural. So you can get God anywhere you are. You can get God on the mountainside. You can feel God in the grocery store. You can feel God at work. You can feel God riding a motorcycle, riding a horse. we going to ride a horse today, Brother Larry? Hallelujah. Brother Larry's bringing bullet to the party. You can feel God anywhere and everywhere, but it's different around the people of God. It's different around the people of light, precious faith. Would you admit that today? Yeah. And if you're sitting out there today or maybe watching on Facebook and don't know what I'm talking about, you, you need to be born again of water and spirit. When you step across that spiritual line, you understand like you never did before. Ourselves, plural. Plural. I said, I'm thankful for the people of God. Brother Corey, I'm grateful for brothers and sisters that I can text or call or visit. And when I say, would you pray for me today? They know what I'm talking about. They know how to get a hold of God. They know how to touch the throne. Hallelujah. And the world didn't give them to me. And the world's not going to take them away. All right, I'm trying to go somewhere. The second thing I'm thankful for today is the Spirit of Almighty God. You Pentecostals ought to come alive here. I said I'm thankful for the Spirit of God in our life. You know that book of Acts in the Bible, in your Bible? Acts 2, verse 38. You ever heard that verse before? It calls the Spirit of God a gift from Almighty God. The Holy Ghost is the gift from God. And let me tell you, no one gives gifts like God does. Nobody wants to return gifts God gives. Nobody says, I got that last year. I'm going to return that. No, no. When God gives you something, it is unique. It is special. It is incomparable. And I'm thankful for the gift of the Holy Ghost today. And if you take time to read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 8-10, through 10, you won't have this for the screen. Don't, don't bother with it, bro. But I'm just saying that for you note makers today. Inside of the gift of the Holy Ghost, there are nine giftings. So the longer you have the precious gift of the Holy Ghost, the more value you get out of it. That's why these folks that keep coming to church, even though their family's been through the muck and the mire... Their finances have been through hell and high water. Their health has been down. Their health has been up. They've been through more trouble in life than anybody you know. You know why they keep coming back to church? They understand that gift. That gift is more priceless today than it's ever been. It gets better and better and better and better. Someone asked, Do I have to have the Holy Ghost? I want to be technical and then otherwise. Romans 8 9 said, without the Spirit of Christ, we don't even belong to Him. But let's let's be otherwise right here. Do I have to have the gift of the Holy Ghost? Well... You know, you can do a lot of things without having to have extra help. You can jump out of a plane without a parachute if you want. You can do it. You know, you're not really smart. The outcome you're not going to like. But if you want to make it to heaven, you need the Holy Ghost. You need it because it's the plan of salvation. And you need it to overcome the junk of this life that is constantly bombarding you. If you don't think the world has a powerful pull, start looking deeper into your kids' eyes. If your kids go to public school, start listening to the words they say. Start catching on the phrases they pick. Even if they go to Christian school, there's a magnetism about the world. But everything's different since I've received the Holy Ghost. And you know what, Brother Stacy? The world didn't give it to me. And the world can't take it away. So I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the people of God. That's something special that God only gives you. Is everybody your best friend in the house of God? Come on, let's be real. Not not even possible. Not everybody prays that comes to church. Not everybody in church is for the right motive. But I'm thankful for the people of God. I'm thankful for the Spirit of God. Number three, I'm thankful for the house of God. Brother Nate, Nathan, Psalm 84.1 said, How lovely, how amiable is your tabernacle. It means how sweet is the church. The writer understood there's just something different about when you get to the house of God. You can can leave all sorts of hell and negativity. And you walk in the house of God, all of a sudden, I I can't put my finger on where it is, if it's in my mind or my spirit or my, but there's just something different. Anybody know what I'm talking about today? And I'd rather be a doorkeeper, verse 10 says, in the house of my God. Just let me be on the edge. Dwell in the tents of wickedness or the world. The rooting and grounding of church life is the best thing you can do for yourself and your kids. I want to say it again. The rooting and grounding. I'm not talking about people that always have a reason why. But grounded people. It's Sunday, so we're going to the house of God. It's Wednesday, we're going to church. Rooted, grounded. I'm not picking on anybody. I understand the world is strong, and we're, we have commitments to jobs and all the above. But there's something unique. Jeremiah said, I wish I could get to church, but I'm bound. Let me offer this to us somebody that cares about it today. Whatever it is that keeps you from being faithful to the house of God, you need to start dealing with that. <laughs> Whatever it is, brother or sister, friend, leader, Young person, elder, whatever is in your life that keeps you from being constant, rooted, grounded, deal with that. Look, look, I worked retail for 35 years. I know what it means when a boss says, you're going to be here Wednesday night, you're going to be here holidays. I get it. I get it. What I'm talking about, though, is the guys that are volunteering. You should deal with that. Whatever you're missing in your life. It's somewhere going to be taken care of if you get more of the Holy Ghost. More of the Spirit of God working on your heart. David said, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 23.6. Now here's a little homework for you if you care to do this type of thing. In Psalm 73. Asaph, not David, but Asaph. Long 15 15 verse rant. Diatribe. He is airing out his sentiments before the Almighty. He sees people in the world prospering. He sees people that don't love God. As a matter of fact, they hate God. And they're they're not bashful about vocalizing that. They hate righteousness. And he looks at people like that and they prosper in things. They invest and it pays off. They're not sick. Their health is secure. Their homes are solid. They have money in the bank. Their vehicles don't break down. That's what's going on in Psalm 73, first 15 verses. And then you get to verse 16. (coughs) And he says, When I tried to get all my mind wrapped around this, it was just too painful. Because I'm connecting the dots of what I don't understand to what God allows. Why does God allow evil people to prosper? Why does God allow Holy Ghost filled but getting cold saints of God to walk out there and do things? I don't. God, why are you letting that happen? Shake them up, stir them up, turn them upside down. Light their seed on fire. Rescue the perishing. Care for the dying God. Just telling you how he was thinking and I've been there. What is going on? You sacrifice. You work. You show up early. You stay late. You give. You bring people to church. And your investments fail. Your health is suspect. That's what's going on here. And he said, When I tried to get it all ciphered, it just gave me pain. Why do wicked people prosper? I don't know. Except that he told me it's going to rain on the just and the unjust. But this is the beauty of Psalm 73. Verse 17, he says, Until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then I understood therein. He said, All the junk that clutters my mind out there, when I try to fix everything that's wrong out there, it just hurts me. It pains me. It confuses me. It bewilders me. It amazes me. He said, I'm trying to find out why does this happen? He said, I can't figure it out. But when I get back to church, when I get back into the house of God, something transpires in my mind. Then I get understanding. It all starts to make sense to me. seems to me, Brother Levi, that coming into church just starts clearing up pictures of fogs and confusion in my mind. When I hear someone stoke up the keyboard or someone over here calling on the Lord's name in prayer, it just triggers something inside of me. I don't feel that trigger when I go to Fred Meyer and I love to walk through Fred Meyer. I don't feel that trigger when I go to Walmart and I hate walking through Walmart. to the house of God. All the junk and the ups and the downs and the quandaries and the confusion and the, the nonsense. So I'm thankful for the people of God. I'm thankful for the spirit of God. I'm thankful for the house of God. You didn't, know, you didn't have the value system you do on the house of God when you were in the world. You probably laughed when you drove by here. But something about that transition in your soul, when you became born of the water, of the spirit. Hallelujah. Church kind of starts clearing up the big picture. That's why people walk in seemingly, seemingly, as far as I can tell. But that doesn't mean it's the truth. Seemingly, just walk in off the street and they're looking for God. We think, "Oh, nice to see you today." We have no idea what's brewing in their soul. They're tired of the world, they're tired of dead-end streets, they're tired of family problems and marital issues and health struggles. One thing I know for sure about people of God, spirit of God, house of God, the world didn't give it to me. And the world can't take it away. Fourth thing, and without this, none uh, none of the other matters. None of it matters. Thankful, so thankful that after I was born again of water and spirit, the value of God's word came alive to me, even though I didn't understand one thing about it. I couldn't have pointed out to you if Jonah was in the Old Testament or new. But I knew when I walked into church, this is what I've been looking for right here. This is what I've been reaching for right here. And I know when they opened that Bible and said, turn with me here, something started churning inside of my soul. And when that, that challenge was offered, that word was brought forth, I've never felt nothing like it before. I hate bragging on worldly things, okay? I'm not going to go there. Nothing worse than a saint of God, you know, happy that he used to be the last guy out of the bar every night. I'm not glorifying evil. Ephesians 5.12 said, it's a shame to even talk about those things anymore. I know that. I know that. But I haven't always been a preacher. And God is my holy witness. There's nothing like the Word of God. Nothing you can compare to it. Nothing that stands anywhere near its value. Why do evil people prosper? I don't know. But when I open the Word of God, here's where everything starts to come together. This is the game changer in life. This is literally, this is literally... This is literally, hallelujah, icing on the cake, salt on the popcorn, brother. I can have brothers and sisters. Thank God for it. I can have the Holy Ghost. I'm so glad you do. You can be welcome in the house of God, and I'm thankful for that. But John said in Revelation 10, verse 9 to that angel, give me the book. Give me that little book. If we don't have preaching of the word, we're just having a meeting. You can go anywhere you want in town and find a meeting going on. You can just sneak in there and be a a silent witness. Nothing matters if we don't have the word of God. In this crazy world we live today, the systems of politicians, no matter what, what label they go by, they're attacking everything wholesome and pure. Stuff today we preach is considered out-of-date, archaic, and and, and insensitive. I'm I'm, I'm all about tolerance, brother and sister, for you. But someone that believes in the power of the Word of God has got to live the line that it draws in our life. Period. If you get nothing else, catch this. Your strength is in the people of God because there's strength in numbers. And iron sharpens iron. There's strength in the people of God. There's comfort in the Spirit of God because Jesus said, I'm going to send the comforter to you. When all hell's going crazy in your life, Holy Ghost has the way of just touching the right buttons in your world, calming you down. Strength is in the people of God, it comfort's in the Spirit of God your escape, my asylum is at the house of God. But my salvation, my everything, my commitments being successful, my ambitions being fulfilled, I find only one place, the word of almighty God. You can be lonely, you can be completely out of it, you could be all by yourself somewhere in a tree stand. What? Ooh. Someone said, Can I go pastor? No, you can't. Get your own. Wow. Don't let me forget where I'm at here, brother. <laughs> opening day, years ago. Opening day, black bear baiting. I'd been in for 10, 12 days on a snow machine, prepped my sight, had it all. I had signs, everything. I mean, it was done by the book. <coughs> Our mutual friend works at Wasilla, Fred Meyer. talked to him just the other night. Opening day, Brother Nathaniel. I go in there, and there's a sign right across the mine. Like, my tree. I'm like, what's this? Six million acres. <laughs> this guy's got a... I'm like... I wouldn't think in seven lifetimes to do that. If you're hunting or fishing here, I'm going nine million miles the opposite direction. I go in opening day, he's like. escapes me. It just escapes me. Mm-hmm. And it was like the 18th or 19th of April. <coughs> Saw him on the trail. Had a little photo shot of a bear he took off his stand. Like, can I open that wound and pour salt in it? While you- <coughs> I don't know how I get on these things. I don't know. Life can be so disappointing. Opening day, all my aspirations. (laughs) Hope. Let it go, let it go. (laughs) Let it go. It's tough to do, brother. It's tough to do. So, anyway, all right, collect yourself, Ron, here. My escape, the house of God. I can get here, and all that craziness just doesn't seem to be so important anymore. That's how I got there. I was on that tree stand, and and I can open up my Bible, flip on my phone, and turn to a verse, and nothing in this world matters at that moment in time. Nothing in the world matters. Not a, Can I see you? Have you got time for a question? None of that matters to me. Because that word of God tells me he's my rock and my refuge, my strong tower, my hope and my salvation. All right. I'm thankful for the people of God. And I'm thankful for the spirit of God. And I'm ever grateful for the house of God. But I'm equally grateful that the word of God liveth and abideth forever. There's no way the world gave me that. The world didn't tell me I'd find that. You know what the world told me? Don't get all crazy about that religion stuff now. The last thing standing, according to Mark thirteen thirty-one. Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Amen. Brother Levi, often as you're on that road, many hours, What, what all that chaos you went through last year, I'd make, I'm just telling you what I'm thinking out loud here. I'd have a Bible on my desk. You say, what does that mean? I'd have a Bible in my neighboring seat or something. The Word of God lives forever. It won't be altered. It won't be broken. It won't be changed. It can't be compromised. It can't be watered down. I'm thankful for the Word of God. It means a lot. It means a lot. Uh, the world didn't give it to me, Brother Mike Lake. And the world can't take it away. I told the saints at my son's church a couple of weeks ago this story, and pardon my redundancy, but I'm telling this for the visitors that have never heard it, all right. Used to have a brother come to church. I wish he was here today. Faithful, loved the Lord, not really articulate, not very educated, and I don't say that like I'm slamming him because I'm in the same vat with him. But he'd bring that old worn-out Nelson Bible that he had. And he, you could just tell he, it wasn't a mantelpiece to him. When he opened it, the pages were wrinkled and marked up. And you just had, you had to honor not just his age but his wisdom because, you know, he spent time in it. And he would tell me, he said, nothing, nothing, in that heavy Norwegian brogue. He would just tap his finger on that Bible and say, preach the word. I'd rather hear him say that. Than a thousand good sermons, pastor. Knowing that someone is planting, planting, planting. Hey, the world didn't give it to you, Brother Lance. The world can't take it away. God love you today. Appreciate your faithfulness to the house of God. You that are home, we're praying for you. We mean that. Hope to see you in in person soon. Let's stand this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Love you, Lord. Love you, precious God. Love you, almighty God. Love